Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Business of Design and you're in the right place and I'm so glad you're here. I would hate to think I'm talking to myself. You guys are my therapy. As usual, it's been a crazy week at the office and there are so many balls in the air some days. I just don't know how I'm going to get it all done. Thank goodness we've got strong systems and procedures. But one of the things that sometimes gets dropped when there's a lot of work on the table is a focus or some attention on social media and what that can do for our business. And I have to say, I've been really terrible at being strategic in any way for my interior design business. So I was eager to talk to Natalie Norcross, who is from a design partnership. She is a communications strategy expert, and I told her that some of our listeners might want to hire her firm, which would be awesome, but many more will want to take her advice and try it themselves and may find that after a short time or a long time, they get to a place where they do want to hire someone to be more committed to that. In the meantime, there's lots to talk about and lots to learn. One of the things that I really enjoyed about the conversation was this idea about how to widen my circle of influence. That if I went to a party, for example, this is how I made it make sense in my head anyway. If I went to a party, for example, and I took along a great friend, I'd probably spend the whole night talking to my friend and I might interact a little bit with other people. Conversely, if I went to that party by myself, I would be forced to interact with strangers and make new friends. And that's what Natalie is saying that we all need to do if we want to widen that circle of influence. It's fun to talk to our friends on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Insta, etc. But it's time to reach out to complementary businesses that can help you widen your circle of influence. So that's on my to-do list, having talked to Natalie. I also wanted to know from Natalie, is a blog a legitimate thing anymore? Does anybody care that someone has a blog? And particularly, is it a good way to get clients? Or is its purpose greater than that? And I think what I'm taking away from this conversation is that, A, it might be a good way to get clients, but it's a really great way to improve SEO, search engine optimization. So it's worth understanding keywords and getting those in a blog and keeping your website living and dynamic. As with every podcast, if you go to businessofdesign.com, you'll find show notes. And one of the things that Natalie has provided for us is a friendly email marketing calendar. It's got some excellent examples of daily content that you can use to tap into engagement in your social media life. A design partnership is a full service communication agency, and I love their bio because it says they surround themselves with a talented team of content creators and storytellers. So just like us, we can't do our business on our own. We have to rely on other people who are also excellent at their job. Uh, A design partnership crafts beautiful brand assets and communication strategies that grow business and build enduring relationships between brands and human beings. At the end of the day, we want to reach those human beings and turn them into our customers. So I think there's lots of good reasons to give Natalie your attention today. Before we do that, though, I'm going to check in with Cheryl Horn. Hey, Cheryl, we've got lots going on. 
We do. Coming up on May 2nd, we've got a meetup in LA for interior designers. How about you tell them a little bit about that? I'm looking forward to it. So this was actually motivated by a couple people who live in Los Angeles and said, why don't we do anything while you're here? So uh, Kravitz generously is providing us with space at the Pacific Design Center on Melrose, 2 p.m. We promise to give you something to drink, a little something to eat, and plenty of food for thought. We're going to have a roundtable discussion about the challenges the challenges you're facing as an individual and the industry as a whole. We will record part of it for a podcast. So uh, if you're shy, you can hold your question to the end when we're not recording and ask it in complete anonymity. And really what we just want to do is provide a safe forum for us to meet face-to-face and uh, connect. So if you already are familiar with Business of Design, come on out and say hi. I'm looking forward to it. If you've never interacted with us, this could be a really casual, lovely way to do that. So looking forward to it on May the 2nd, is it Cheryl, at 2 p.m.? Yeah, it's yeah, May 2nd. Uh, we would like you to register for this event, even though it's a free one. So make sure you go to businessofdesign.com and sign up there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to Palm Springs. It's coming up October 18th to 21st. It is Modernism Week, so you can expect some behind-the-scenes amazing home tours, uh, guest lectures from people who are experts in areas that I'm not an expert, so that's going to be fun for me. But <laughs> also, importantly, we're going to really dig into some Business of Design principles and some of the people coming uh, have a ton of experience and are already using the 15 steps. So we will be looking to dig a little bit deeper into those businesses. And then for some of the people, they're pretty new and they want some basic information. So we will have two streams of learning that are going to be happening Come prepared to work very hard, but also to have a lot of fun. You are going to go home exhausted, but so enthusiastic about your business. So everybody sign up for uh, Palm Springs, October 18th to the 21st. And Cheryl and I will be there too. Yeah, and we do only have a couple spots left um, and only a few days to register and only do 50% down um, as of... um, April 15th, we'll, we'll be asking for the for the full price, but we do only have a few spots left. So uh, head over to our website to check out the full details. Awesome. Thanks so much, Cheryl. Okay. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. are you doing today? Wonderful. Thank you, Kim. How are you doing? I'm really, really well. I just uh, I just got back from uh, Santa Monica last night. So we were just like one day away from being able to do this face-to-face, which is too bad because I'm excited about your business and particularly that it grew from you having your own interior design business. So tell us, first of all, how and why you got out of the interior design business and then how you transitioned into what you're doing now. Absolutely. And yes, thank you so much for um, having me on the show. I really appreciate it. 
Uh, so I had a successful interior design firm. Uh, we did high-end residential and hotels internationally. Uh, and I sold my design business in May of 2008. Uh, the next month, June of 2008, uh, the economy crashed and the market fell through. And so I started having designers and architects in the industry ask if I can help them with marketing and business development. And that's how A Design Partnership, our marketing agency, was born. Um, and we really love it. We love just being able to help design-minded brands on marketing their business and um, you know, really leaning on us as their marketing department and uh, learning great ways to market their business through uh, modern marketing techniques. Okay, so first of all, you're some kind of um, genius or you have uh, ESP or something because how on earth did you ever get so lucky as to sell your business in May of 2008 because I remember I remember 2008 vividly we went from having 30 design build projects and kind of carte blanche on all of our projects to about four bathrooms and kitchens overnight Um, everybody put their projects on hold and it was really a moment where um, a lot of designers had to decide if they were in or out because if you didn't have a really thriving repeat and referral business, you were really in trouble back then. So you, wow, you got lucky. Good for you. Thank you. Yes, we're really, really blessed and um, the stars aligned. So <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Definitely a challenging time and a really great time for um, me to kind of lean in and, and support people that were really, you know, going through, um, some times of uncertainty. So it was a a great time in that regard. Okay. Well, we're going to talk more about a design partnership, but let's launch into the meat of the subject and, and just some marketing guidelines for, for do it yourselfers, um, on the one hand. And in some cases, the listeners may want to reach out to you and ask you to do some marketing for them. But where do you start when you approach marketing as a small business owner? Yeah. So, you know, we are kind of firm believers. Um, and I especially, you know, really am a believer in creating a marketing ecosystem. Um, and what that is, is it's a set of marketing programs that you set up for your business, uh, in order to market your business. So I typically recommend that our clients create a marketing ecosystem that's made up of, uh, six different programs, um, and ensure that each one of those marketing programs interrelate interrelate to each other in order to create that ecosystem. Um, So an example of that, for instance, is with public relations, you know, as you get press and are featured in, you know, high level magazines, we can share that news in your social media and through your email marketing programs Um, or with blogs, you know, that is a great chance for you to increase your SEO and it gives you what we call a living website. Um, so it increases your organic search results. And we can also use those blog posts and share them on your social media and in your email marketing. Um, and when we do digital advertising programs and SEO programs, we're driving traffic to your website. And through email marketing, you know, we can add an email capture on your website uh, with a welcome flow and then link that to your email marketing program. So you can start to see how, you know, a marketing ecosystem starts to integrate and work well together. Um, And this is how you really create a dynamic, you know, marketing ecosystem. And we'll find that you get a lot of leads and new clients coming from a lot of different channels to your business. Okay. Um, And that's what's important there. 
sorry to cut you off there. There's always just a little bit of a delay as we do these podcasts. Okay, so this sounds really intriguing to me, but I want to make sure I understand because some of what you described, I completely got and some I just thought, what language is she speaking? I'm not sure I'm even following. So break it down for me. What What is a single marketing program? What's a program? So like, you know, one way to market your business could be through email marketing. So that would be like one marketing program or, or one area of marketing to market your business. Um, so the six different programs, you know, one could be email marketing. Another is digital advertising. A third is SEO. A fourth is public relations. A fifth is social media. You know, so you start to see um, all these different ways that you can market your business. And uh, the goal is to create different marketing systems so that they can interrelate with one another in order to have different channels that drive traffic to your business and oh. new leads and new clients. Okay, so if I have written a blog post or I have a, a dynamic blog that I keep active on my, my website, it's a living website, and then you're going to take that blog and you're going to use it in various ways or various programs to drive traffic to my website. Exactly. Yeah. The first thing you mentioned was email marketing, and I understand that. What was the second thing? Uh, So we have email marketing or uh, digital advertising. That's it. How How does digital advertising work? Yeah, so digital advertising, uh, we run five different programs. Uh, Three of the ad programs are on Google, and then two of them are on Facebook. Uh, The three campaigns that we run on Google are um, search network campaigns, competitor campaigns, and then a retargeting campaign. Um, So that's where we create ads, and then we can target different groups um, to drive traffic to your website. Um, and then on Facebook, we do what's called a lookalike campaign as well as a retargeting campaign. Um, and the lookalike campaign is really great. We can take a list of any of your you know, clients or your top clients, and we can put those email addresses into Facebook and tell Facebook to find everybody that looks exactly like that email address. And then we serve up ads directly to that market on Facebook and start to build an audience for you on Facebook. Um, and then as they click on those ads, they go to your website. And what we do is we retarget them. Um, and the purpose of retargeting is to really stay in front of your audience uh, for a long period of time. So you might have experienced that where you've gone on Facebook and you've you know clicked on a Nordstrom's ad. And then the next day you're on Facebook and the Nordstrom's ad pops up again. Uh, that's what's called retargeting. And for an interior designer or an architect... Uh, they, you know, your client's buying cycle is about four to six months. Um, and that's just kind of industry standard. So you want to have a lot of those ads staying in front of people that have gone to your website and seen who you are over a four to six month period so that you stay top of mind to that uh, potential client that has gone to your website. I've even noticed I can go, uh, I can do a Nordstrom search as you suggest, uh, on my phone, and then that same day later, check into Facebook, and there's an ad for Boots from Nordstrom. So even my my technological devices are talking to each other, which is 
causing me to feel somewhat paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a really cool feature. uh, And it actually just happened to me. I was at Target the other day. And um, as I was driving out of the parking lot, I got an email from Target. Um, They know. (laughs) All this is telling me I'm just, I cannot commit a crime, no matter how tempting it is. Don't do it because you're just going to get caught. Don't do it. Um, And and you're not (laughs) suggesting that we commit a crime, which is good. Okay. So, but it sounds like um, I may not be doing enough with content that I already own to use it strategically. Does that make sense? Like if I've, if I've just, I mean, all of us have created beautiful spaces that we're proud of when we take photographs and for most of us, and I'm certainly guilty of this, I throw it up on my website and I'm done with it. Like I'm really kind of done with it because I'm busy on to the next job. And what you're saying is instead I would want to create different programs to use that material strategically and entice people to come to my to my brand. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's um, a really good point. So from there, you know, there's, there's a lot of different strategies that um, are, you know, important, especially as we're approaching 2018, you know, it's really good to look at a content marketing strategy for an entire year, you know, so what projects are you going to have completed and photographed and when, and then how do you plan to use that content? So like you said, photography is, is one piece of content that is really great and showcases your beautiful work. So you, you can lay out an entire game plan and strategy and calendar with uh, those pieces of content and, and ways that you can share that. So for instance, if you have a new project Uh, that you're getting photographs for in February, the beginning of February, you can, you know, post that to your website, you can share it on your social media, uh, you can use it to submit to editors for publication, Um, you can do partnerships with other bloggers, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can use that content and create, you know, a content marketing strategy uh, for the beautiful work that you've done. Okay, well, all of that sounds like stuff I possibly could do, but my problem is going to be the same problem as most of my listeners, which is I've got active clients, and that keeps me so busy that sitting down to work on my business in the way that you suggest is problematic, and that's where hiring a professional can come in handy. So we're going to talk about when to hire that professional and how to get the most out of hiring that professional before we wrap up for sure. But for anybody who's got the time, what do you think are the first steps they can take in order to begin to create the ecosystem you're talking about? Yeah, so I would create a 12-month marketing strategy um, and within that marketing strategy include an editorial calendar and a content marketing strategy. Um, with the various ways that, you know, you plan to market your business. Um, And I think that that's a really great way of just being able to look at, you know, an entire year's plan on the various ways that you're going to market your business and kind of lay out a roadmap um, and a game plan for that marketing strategy. And it should include, you know, what blog posts are you going to post and and when and how often, you know, what social media posts are you going to post and what channels and and how often. Um, and so all of that is really great if you can spend the time kind of making that plan and that strategy uh, for the next year. So in December, 
Uh, for myself, we also sit down and kind of do schedule out, you know, a day or two, leave your office, you know, go to a hotel, get out somewhere where you're not going to be, you know, um, interrupted and make a game plan for, you know, your annual plan review, uh, for 2018. And that's, will really, really help you to stay on track and, and put together a good calendar and game plan for the new year. As you're saying all that, I realize I'm really good at making the plan. Like I am the queen of making the plan, but it's really implementation, <laughs> right? It's implementation that's a little yeah. bit challenging for me because I'm like all about the plan. Um, so uh, it's a two-part process, isn't it? <laughs> You've got to first have yeah. the plan. And then you also need to be, I'm sure, somewhat flexible because suddenly you have an opportunity you weren't even prepared for. So um, t- tell me the truth is taking time to do all this stuff really going to translate into more customers for my business? Like really, truly tell me how that works. Yes. You know, I mean, in order to get up with the times and grow a successful business in today's market, you know, you must invest in in modern marketing. And the only way to really do that is through, you know, setting up a marketing ecosystem that brings in leads from, you know, various lead sources um, I'll give you an example of that. I was at a pretty big sales seminar this year, uh, and there used to be a statistic that somebody would have to hear about your brand and who you are seven times before they would buy from you. Um, and that was you know, pretty standard for a number of years. Um, well, Harvard and Stanford uh, did a review and found out because of the influence of digital marketing and how fast social media and modern marketing has evolved, Uh, the average person actually has to hear and see your brand 29 times before they will buy from you. So that number has increased, which means that in order to stick up with the times, you got to get in front of people in a lot of different ways and a lot of different tactics um, in order to, you know, grow your business and and get some good quality leads that are going to turn into high paying clients. Okay. So here I am, and I know other people listening as well, pedaling as fast as I can. I'm just pedaling as fast as I can. I can't do everything I know I need to do to, to get myself in front of my customer 29 times. So what would you suggest is the one thing we should all do immediately in order to begin to take advantage of the marketing um, success you're talking about? Yeah, that's a great question. So with our clients, you know, ideally our goal is to get all of them running all six programs. Um, and I tell a lot of our clients, it, it isn't feasible to do all six day one. Um, and it's just not practical. So at least, you know, you have to start somewhere and, um, at least do one, if not two, um, so that you can build up to doing six. Um, and every business is different as to what is the best number one or number two to start with. Uh, for some clients, you know, depending on whether they need more leads, um, you know, doing a lead generation program first is going to be most important. For other clients, it might be, I have a lot of clients, but I want more quality paying clients. I would rather have $10 million clients than three, uh, you know, $250,000 clients, right? So if it's about quality, uh, then those types of pro- the programs that you would grow, you know, quality leads 
are going to be more like public relations or social media, where you're starting to expand into different markets from um, where you know you're currently actively getting clients from. Okay, um, so I, I suspect. I suspect that's going to tap a lot of people's hearts. The one, the second example that you gave, which was instead of having 15 mediocre clients, you'd like to have six or seven million dollar clients. I, I hear that from a lot of designers and architects. So let's imagine that, that that's your customer and that's the goal. What's the first thing you're going to, what's the first program you're going to recommend that they do and make it so that somebody listening can go ahead and do it themselves? Yeah. I mean, public relations is, is best for that. Um, in our agency, we don't really view public relations, um, and marketing separately to us. You know, PR is a piece of your marketing ecosystem, um, and you treat it as part of the system. So, you know, we really view PR as another way for your brand to get exposure, um, and get in front of new audiences, larger audiences and, you know, targeted audiences. Um, so, you know, PR is definitely the first step forward in um, expanding your brand for higher quality clients. Um, And personally, I really love how so many publications today are heavily investing online um, and are moving to more digital platforms. Um, And what I like about that is that allows yourself or like someone on our team to really see which articles are driving more exposure and more traffic to your company. Um, And so, you know, taking some of your best projects and pitching them to, you know, the top three to five uh, media outlets uh, that are within your target market, I think are a really, you know, great place to start and, um, you know, get some really great PR in order to expand and expose your brand. So everybody's got their eye on the prize of the big print magazine that they are coveting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and that's great. But what if you haven't had that break yet? I really want you to give somebody who's listening something that they can do immediately that's going to help them uh, feel like they got, they've got a toe in it. So we know that pitching to magazines is one thing that we should be doing. What are some other things we might have more control over? Social media. I mean, social media is a really great way of um, growing followers. One really great piece of advice that we have for um, PR, and one thing that I actually did in my uh, design business pretty early on, is I realized that getting published in House Beautiful was great um, and wonderful, but that the readers of House Beautiful... Um, was not necessarily my target market. Um, So what we started to do is to look at who were our top three to five clients and what are the publications that they read or they read. What I found out is that um, they, you know, read Rob Report, they read New York Times, they read LA Times, they read, you know, luxury publications um, that, you know, are very affluent And so we started reaching out to some of those publications to get uh, press and featured and offer expert tips and advice. Uh, And what we found is that, you know, they're able to uh, really reach a different target market Um, and uh, being published in LA Times or, you know, some of the luxury publications um, like a yacht or a jet magazine, or there's a lot of really great golf course magazines and publications where your ideal client is reading. So 
I really like to uh, look at communication strategies or getting, you know, how can you get published in those areas in order for, um, you know, your ideal client to be able to find you and something that they read very often. That's so smart. I never would have thought of that because, of course, the demand to be in a in a shelter magazine dedicated to homes is so extravagant. But when you get into something like Rob Report, they're not hearing from interior designers every day. So if you can come up with a topic or an idea that you think appeals to the magazine and get yourself in there, that kind of singles you out uh, for those customers who are reading that. That's a really great suggestion. Um, okay. Thank you. Absolutely. And departures is also a really great one, uh, which only goes to platinum and black American express holders. Um, and that is a great publication where, you know, your ideal million billion dollar, uh, client is reading regularly. Okay. Really good. I love that. One thing we can do is put on our PR hat and think outside the traditional print publications into these other branded media where we could stand out from our competition. So that's one great idea that falls under the the category of PR. And you mentioned social media. So there's so many um, media out there. Uh, Which one do we choose? Where do we start? What should we do first? Yeah, well... Um, you know, I mean, I think social media is a great place to gain that exposure. Um, I think that there's like five really good steps that you can use to grow your social media channels and start to create, um, a tribe of followers. Uh, so number one is to create a content marketing calendar, um, ideally for the next 12 months, uh, as it relates to social media. Uh, number two is to create a posting schedule. Um, so you should be posting to Instagram at least once per week, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn five times per week, um, creating at least one board a week on Pinterest and one idea book, um, a week on house, um, because regular posting is really vital to social media growth. Um, and then number three is to post authentic content and images of your projects that are professionally shot and show your expertise. Um, number four is to post images that are light and bright. Um, we've actually found out through uh, a lot of A-B testing that clean, crisp, white images uh, do better on social media. Um, so anything that's light and bright or even putting filters on an image in order to brighten it up um, really does better with engagement and click-through rates on social And then engage with your followers uh, for step number five. So um, as your followers are making comments on your social media channels, um, you can comment back in the post with um, an at mention of their name and, you know, saying thank you for that comment and and really, you know, socializing with them and responding to them. Um, So those are five really good steps on how you can um, grow your social media channels and followers. Okay, so my mind is still reeling on how many times I'm supposed to post to Facebook or LinkedIn every week. Oh my gosh, I'm just, oh wow, that's a lot. (laughs) I know it gets easier because it's a muscle, right? It's a discipline, so I know it would get easier. Now, Mm -hmm. I know how to engage with the people who are currently following me, but if I really want to grow my followers, how do I engage with people who aren't following me and maybe people who have big followings? Are there any tips and strategies there? 
Yeah. So following, like for instance, on Instagram, following um, other brands that are, you know, targeted within your space is a really great way to, um, to grow your following. So for instance, if you're an interior designer in Connecticut, um, following builders, architects, or realtors who have good Instagram numbers and followers um, in your local market are really great. Um, if you are a national brand, meaning that you're an interior designer that can do lives in New York but can do a project in LA or Montana or Miami, um, then you can make a list of you know top ten um, builders or architects. Uh, developers kind of in those regions. And then uh, by following them um, and starting to interact with them or sharing some of their posts um, is a really great way of, um, you know, being able to facilitate some of those partnerships. Okay, cool. And grow that following. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to ask you about blogs because this has been on my mind recently. Are blogs dead? Is that still a thing? Do people need them? Can you use a blog if you have one to get new customers or is it just about celebrity? Great question. I love this question. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, um, for us, we do blogs in order to um, increase your SEO or your search engine optimization. Um, And that is really done through um, the best way to do that is through an SEO and a headline analysis. Are you familiar with an SEO or a headline analysis? Yes, but go ahead. You make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. Okay. So an SEO or a headline analysis um, is a report that you can pull where you can search online for what your ideal client is searching for your business and what keywords that they are using. Um, and you can take a list of all of those keywords. And once you know what those high ranking keywords are, uh, we typically will take those keywords and we'll build that out into a calendar. Uh, so we'll take those topics and we'll start to create calendar topics and blog topics for, um, that integrate each of those keywords. And then after the calendar is built, um, then we start to write blogs for each one of those uh, topics. Uh, The most important part is within the body of the blog to include a lot of those special keywords uh, within the text in the body of the blog and post those to your site once a week. Uh, The reason that we recommend that is because what it does is it creates a, a living website. And a living website is where you have text-rich content that's constantly evolving and being added onto your website uh, because Google is a uh, algorithm. It has spiders and crawlers that go out and find whatever websites are matching those special keywords. Um, and the more of those keywords you have living, evolving, and being added to your website on a regular basis, the easier it is for the crawlers and the spiders on Google to find your website. Um, and so we call it a living website because that is a way um, that your website is living. Every week you're having new blogs with those special keywords that is going on there and, and building up um, that text-rich content onto your website. So that could explain why somebody's busy in social media, but not getting the traction that they want because they're not paying attention to those keywords. 
Absolutely. Or if you're putting those blogs on your website, you also want to share those articles or those blog articles because now you've, you've become a publisher, right? Like you're creating your own editorial content on your website. You want to share those articles on Facebook and LinkedIn. So then when someone on Facebook sees, you know, that blog post or that article, they click on it, they go to your website then they start to look around and that starts to create this whole beautiful marketing ecosystem where um, it interrelates and, and works well together. Oh, wow. Okay. So it sounds like if you really don't have the resources right now to reach out and hire someone, there are things that you can do to give yourself a competitive edge. But let's say you're really busy and your company is thriving and you do have the resources to hire someone. What can you expect uh, from hiring a professional? I can't come to you, for example, and say, I want to be famous and I, you've got till Thursday. So what what kind of um, timeline and what kind of deliverables can I expect when I hire someone like you, Natalie? Yeah, I mean, I think every agency runs a little bit differently. Um, the way that we work is we spend a lot of time in the beginning just going um, through insights and building a good foundation and understanding, you know, the the ethos and the vibe of um, a client's brand. Um, and then, you know, once we do that, we build out uh, strategies and, and review those with our clients. And um, once those are approved, then we execute um, so, you know, I think every agency works a little bit differently, but typically that is, um, you know, how we work. And I think that, um, that overall process just works really well, even if you are doing it by yourself, um, and, you know, taking some time to create the strategy and then creating, you know, an execution plan from there. Um, so that system seems to work really well for us. Okay. Who is the ideal customer then for a design partnership? Who's the who's that design professional that you feel like you can really make a difference in their lives? And what do you do for them? Yeah, so uh, our ideal client is a busy professional who doesn't have time to market their business and is looking to build a, a marketing department, um, but doesn't necessarily have the resources to hire a full-time marketing team. Um, so they're usually, you know, mid-sized design firms who, um, want to outsource a piece of their marketing and, you know, start to build a marketing department. Um, and for us, we really love that partnership because we become an extension of their business. Uh, we do, you know, kind of become their marketing department, um, in order to work really well with them. Well, and I love the fact that you've been in the trenches of an interior design business, so you actually have really good insight into their time constraints, uh, how difficult it is to groom those new customers and get to that new level. So you give that your attention as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I know what it takes to have demanding clients and and really busy schedules. So, um, you know, I think we're getting pulled as CEOs in a lot of different directions. And oftentimes it does make sense to, you know, outsource different um, parts of your business. Okay. And we're going to have a link to a design partnership on the site as well. But do you have packages? Do you have entry level packages? Uh, What, if I'm thinking about it, what am I going to see when I get to your website in terms of what's available? Uh, yeah, so our website has a lot of the different services that um, we offer. Um, so you, you could definitely go there. 
Um, if you would like to email me um, at natalieadesignpartnership.com, um, I would be happy to email you a free gift. Um, we created a, a really beautiful package um, called your friendly email marketing calendar, um, which is a really great email marketing calendar. And I'd be more than happy if um, you're interested to uh, send that along to you as a, as a beautiful gift. Oh, that's wonderful. I want one of those. I'm going to sign up right now. (laughs) Okay. We like to end every show with something called design intervention. And it's, it's typically, um, advice right off the top of your head. You weren't prepared for this. We never prepare anyone for it. Advice off the top of your head that you think is instrumental to being uh, successful as an interior design professional. And of course, you've been in the field before, so it could be related to a design partnership or it could be something completely unrelated to a design partnership. Just something that you think is critical information our listeners need to have. Yeah, thank you. I I love this. Um, So I would start out by, you know, creating a um, marketing strategy that will scale your business in 2018. Um, And a really great way to do that is um, you can start by, especially if you're a creative professional, I think it's a really fun exercise. Um, But you can start by drawing out your marketing ecosystem and start to visualize, you know, what that looks like. Um, Where are you marketing? And then build that out from there. You know, what channels, um, how many times are you going to uh, post or send an email or put up a blog post? Um, And then create a strategy with what content that you will use and what the themes could be for that month. Um, and what content will you create or will you outsource um, some content to be created? Um, and then also just start to think about what partners will you align with? Um, if you're a high-end design firm, you know, why don't you partner with six custom home builders who have a good Instagram following and are local to your business and share some of their photos, at mention them and, and build a good relationship with them. Um, when I had my design business, I loved doing partnerships. You know, I spent several hours, I I allocated it in my calendar every week, uh, to meet with realtors and take architects and builders to lunch and, you know, create referral relationships with them. Um, and what's so fun with marketing and social media and why I personally am so passionate about it is, you know, we all grow stronger together and the more that we collaborate, the more success we all have together. Um, and just remembering that collaboration is really um, a huge and vital part to, you know, success and, um, you know, remembering to also pay back your your friends. And as you get great leads from an architect, um, you know, give them a lead back as you, you know, interact with new clients and someone's looking for a great builder, uh, refer that builder that, you know, just referred you a few clients and, or send them, you know, homemade baked cookies and thanking them for the referral. So I think, you know, the key to success today in modern marketing is, is really about just collaboration and, and authenticity. And it sounds like relationships and most of us are people people, people, people pleasers and people, people. Um, so we're, we're probably typically pretty good at relationships. We just need to remember that in your business life, those are relationships too. And I love the idea of blocking out a few hours every week where you're thinking about those strategic partnerships. That's such a smart thing to do. We get so many requests to provide a link 
from our site to someone else's site and we're almost always too busy to even think about it, which is a pity because I'm sure there's some really smart partnerships out there and I'm glad you've given us so much to think about. Thank you so much and I I just wish you continued success and uh, I'm definitely sending away for my copy of the marketing uh, email marketing calendar uh, and um, I hope uh, we'll be able to check back with you again when we have more questions after we do a little of the homework you provided to us today. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. I'm more than happy to uh, check back in and uh, glad that I was able to give you a lot of great homework and things to think about and you know ways that you can set up some good marketing systems for your business in 2018. Yeah. All right. So nice talking to you, Natalie. Take care. Thank you, Ken. Have a great day. Appreciate being on the show. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.